Welcome back to the sixth segment of KALA This Week. I'm your host, Bailey Winfrey. This week, we will once again hear from Anna and McKenna. Sierra will have another great recipe for you all, and Ryan is back with all things SAU Sporting. Let's jump into the first story. Hello KALA listeners, this is Anna Berry with KALA This Week. Today I'm joined by Kiara Boyle, a freshman here at St. Ambrose University. Along with being a nursing major, Kiara is also a soprano too in one of St. Ambrose's choirs. Today, Kiara is going to speak about what it is like being a part of the choirs here at Ambrose, as well as talk about an upcoming concert that she'll be singing in. Hi, Kiara. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited. Alrighty, so why don't you start by talking about your experience here at Ambrose and what it's been like so far? So far, I've really liked St. Ambrose. I made some like good friends. Um, I made some friends in choir too. The girl I sit next to, I always get very, I'm always nervous when I go in, but she's always got like a nice smile, very welcoming. That's amazing. I'm happy to hear that the choir's been a welcoming environment for you. And, you know, as a freshman, it's always nice to have those groups and places where you feel welcomed and joined in and joined into the new community that you're a part of. Yeah, I definitely miss my old choir a lot, but I feel like our directors, like my high school director and Dr. Wint up here, very similar. So it was an easy adjustment. Very neat, very neat. And um, how did you become a part of the choir here at Ambrose? Was there an audition process that you had to go through? Yeah, so normally people will come up here and audition, but I'm from Minnesota, so it's like a six-hour drive, and I was not about to do that <laughs> for like a five-minute song. So we had to sing two songs. I had to record it and upload it to YouTube. One of them had to be in a foreign language, so I sung in Latin, and then I did a folk song, and then I just had to put it together into one video. And then Dr. Wint sent my choir director back in high school like scales that I couldn't see before and then I was recorded singing them just to see like how my pitch was and then we put those like three things together and we like sent it off and that was my audition. Very neat, very neat and then once you sent that in did how did you know you were a part of the choir? Um, I got an email saying that I was accepted for a scholarship so then a part of that scholarship is I have to be in a choir all four years here and I have to take four semesters of voice lessons. Oh, very neat. That's really interesting um, from the sounds of it. Sounds really nice. And, you know, also even talking like you sang in um, high school. So um, how long have you been singing and have been a part of a choir? I started choir in sixth grade, and then I just kept with it all throughout high school. I've always liked to have music as, like, a big part in my life. Love Harry Styles. Listen <laughs> yeah. to him all the time. But, yeah, so I was just in choir from, like, grade school and then I kind of started taking it more seriously high school. And then I took voice lessons from freshman year through senior year. I took a year break because of COVID, but most of high school I took voice lessons. And then my senior year, I was in our magical group, which is like an audition group. So like they would auction this group off to sing at like events for our school. And so it was really fun. Very interesting. Um, similar to me, like music's been a big part of my life 
for as long as I can remember. And, you know, high school was the place where I met some of my best friends, and it was through choir and show choir and, you know, an auditioned group. Like, we had one called Vox Novus, which was our a cappella group. And so, you know, those are the places where you meet a lot of good people, and you're still um, working on the skills, like your vocal skills and your musical talent. And I think that's, you know, it's really cool. So it's something that we both have in common. <laughs> um, now, I hear that you have an upcoming event, um, an upcoming concert. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so this Saturday, October 22nd, there's a choir concert in Galvin at 7.30. The theme is, like, journeys. So whether it's, like, a literal journey or, like, a metaphorical one, that's up for you to kind of interpret in your own way. It's free, so if you're free <laughs> at that time, you should definitely show up and support. Yeah, it'll be fun. That'll be interesting and very fun, and I bet a lot of great music and a lot of awesome you know, performers on stage that we can all listen to. So that sounds wonderful, and I hope all the listeners here today will consider joining you and me at the Fine Arts Center here at St. Ambrose University on Saturday to hear the choir sing. Uh, Thank you so much, Kiara, for sitting down and talking with me today. And thank you, the listeners of KALA, for tuning in for KALA this week. Once again, it's Anna Berry, and I'm signing off. Hello listeners, thank you so much for tuning in on this week's CC Stress-Free Recipe. This week's recipe is inspired by my Hungarian dad who is from Hungary. Today we will be making Hungarian goulash, which is one of the most popular Hungarian dishes around. It is the traditional stew of Hungary. Goulash is a common meal predominantly eaten in Central Europe, but also in other parts of Europe. It is one of the national dishes of Hungary and a symbol of the country. It is a hearty and warm stew filled with beef, paprika, onions, and potatoes. It is very cheap, super hearty, and very delicious. It will also combat all of those diseases flying around on campus for us college students because I know, just like that chili, things are going around and we need solutions to these issues. This recipe is inspired by the Daring Gourmet online, and they state goulash is kind of in between a soup and a stew. Unlike some stews, goulash is not overly packed full of beef and vegetables. It is a little bit more brothy. But through the cooking process, the broth becomes thicker and more like a rich sauce. And contrary to popular belief here in the United States, goulash is not made with ground beef or macaroni noodles. This is much different from that. This is the Hungarian traditional way of making goulash. Keep on listening to learn how to make this amazing and delicious recipe. You will need three tablespoons of butter, one and one half pounds of yellow onions that are chopped, a quarter cup of Hungarian sweet paprika, one and one half pounds of stewing beef cut into half inch pieces, five cloves of garlic mince, two red bell peppers, one yellow bell pepper, all of these are cut into half-inch chunks, two tomatoes diced, two diced carrots, two medium potatoes cut into half-inch chunks again, five cups of beef broth, one bay leaf, one teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon freshly ground black pepper. Now melt the butter in a heavy soup pot over medium-high heat and cook the onions beginning to brown about 7 to 10 minutes. Add the beef and cook until the beef is just starting to brown another 7 to 10 minutes. Add the bell peppers, tomatoes, and garlic and cook for another 6 to 8 minutes. Remove the pot from the heat and stir in the paprika, salt, and pepper. 
Add the beef broth, bay leaf, and return to the stove and bring it to a boil. Reduce the heat to medium, cover, and simmer it for 40 minutes. I know this takes a lot of time, but all of the flavors will combine and it will be so hearty and delicious at the end, so it's worth it. Then add the carrots and potatoes, return it to a boil, reduce the heat to medium, cover and simmer for another 30 to 40 minutes or until the beef is nice and tender. You can add salt to taste, garlic salt to taste, honestly any kind of seasoning you want and then remove the bay leaf. And now you are ready to serve. That is literally how you make the traditional Hungarian goulash, which is inspired by my dad. I'm pretty sure my dad used this recipe when making it because I don't think he remembers from when he lived in Hungary. But all recipes are valid. Thank you so much for tuning in on this week's CC Stress-Free Recipe. Next week, we'll make another recipe to combat those diseases flying around on campus. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good afternoon, KALA listeners. This is Ryan Schistel back with yet another sports segment on KALA This Week. In this week's episode, I will be discussing soccer, volleyball, football, and making its KALA This Week debut, bowling. To start off with men's soccer, where the woes are continuing, the team comes into this week's episode with an official record of four wins, eight losses, and two ties, and then a conference record of three wins, five losses, and two ties. Most recently, the Bees played Cardinal Stritch in Milwaukee, Wisconsin this past Wednesday at the Bavarian Inn, losing 4-1. to Cardinal Stritch scored four goals in the first half, whereas the Bees could only find their first goal late in the game, In fact, it was the 85th minute, and it was a Trent Fitzpatrick goal with an assist from Joseph Gaither Jr. that got the Bees on the board. In total, the Bees took five total shots, two in the first half, three in the second, and put four of them on goal. Aaron The, the goalie for Cardinal Stritch, faced three of those four shots on goal, allowing one and saving two. Two, and then a, another team member came in for the last couple minutes of play. That one team member faced one shot on goal and made the save. So really not a great job by the Bees if they're only taking five shots in the entirety of the game, especially when they find themselves down four in the first 36 minutes of play. In goal for the Bees was Zach Bauer. He faced six shots on goal, gave up four goals and saved two in the first half. And then in the second half, it was Kai Damagala, the German goalie that the Bees have. He faced one shot on goal and made the save. So this men's team definitely needs to pick it up as they only have two games left. So the real chances of the postseason seem to have slipped away Maybe even a while ago, but I feel like they definitely have slipped away now. The Bees still have two more games left to play. On Saturday, the Bees will travel to Shartner Field in Deerfield, Illinois to take on Trinity International at 2.30 p.m. Again, that's on Saturday, October 22nd. And then the Bees will wrap up their season facing Governor State on October 25th, so next Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. And that game will be played at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex here in Davenport. Now, unlike the men's team, the women's soccer team has continued their very strong season. 
The women's soccer team comes into this episode with an overall record of eight wins, three losses, and three ties, or a 67.9% in the win percentage, and then a conference record of seven wins, one loss, and two ties, with a win percentage of 80%. Most recently, the Bees lost to Cardinal Stritch like the men's team in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this time by a score of 3-2. to two. St. Ambrose scored both of their two goals in the first half, whereas Cardinal Stritch scored one in the first and two in the second. Goals for the Bees were scored by Caitlin Brunson in the 18th minute that knotted the game up at one, and then Mary Evans got a goal in the 37th minute. It is Abigail Goff who will be credited with that assist. However, in the second half, the Cardinal Stritch team just put in two goals and they were just able to squeak away with the win against the Bees. Rachel Willette was in goal for the Bees once again. She faced 11 shots on goal, saved eight, and gave up three. And then Carla Sastre was the goalie for Cardinal Stritch. She faced five shots on goal, saved three of them, and gave up two. So even though it's a loss, and it is the first loss in a long time for this Bees women's team, in fact, it's the first loss that this team has faced since August 28th, so way back a couple months ago, you know, they're still in a very good spot to close out their season. And then, unlike the men's team who has two games left, the women's team still has four games left to play. They will play Trinity International this upcoming Saturday, like the men's team, their game will kick off at 12 noon. So it will be the women's team at noon and then the men's team right after that. Again, that's this upcoming Saturday. Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m., the Bees will take on Governor State again at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. Then on October 29th, the women's team will play Bellevue at 2 o'clock p.m. on the road. And then they will close out their season at Calumet in Chicago on November 1st. But this is a team that has good potential to make it in a deep run in the conference tournament and even potentially have a shot at the national championship for NAIA women's soccer. And now coming up, it's women's volleyball. Women's volleyball comes into this episode with an overall record of 16 wins and 7 losses with a conference record of 8 wins and 2 losses. Last Friday, the women's volleyball team took on Missouri Baptist at the Missouri Baptist Classic in St. Louis, Missouri, losing three games to one in that match. And then the next day, October 15th, the Bees took on Cumberland, and they lost that match three games to one as well. So the Bees women's volleyball team goes 0-2 in the Missouri Baptist Classic again in St. Louis, Missouri. However, the Bees bounced back this past Tuesday as they took on Olivet Nazarene at the McHigh Arena in Bourbonnet, Illinois, where the Bees swept the Tigers three games to none. In the first game, it was St. Ambrose winning 32-30, so an incredibly high score that went back and forth in the entirety of that game. And then the Bees took the second game 25-17. Then, as St. Ambrose was looking to get the sweep, they eventually got that accomplished, winning 25-22, and the Bees walk away with the sweep. They pick up their 8th win in conference and their 16th win overall, and now the Bees are the sole second-place holders in the CCAC for women's volleyball. Yesterday, the Bees traveled to St. Francis of Illinois in a great matchup at the Sullivan Center in Joliet. I'll have more on that match in next week's episode. 
Coming up for the Bees, the Bees will travel to Judson next Tuesday, October 25th, to take on the Eagles at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Linder Fitness Center in Elgin, Illinois, and then will take on Hannibal LaGrange at home for senior night at the Lee Loman Arena. Again, that is October 27th, so next Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Both of those matchups should be absolutely fantastic. Now, for football talk, the Bees have dropped yet another game moving to 2-4 and four overall and then 2-1 and one in conference, so the football team suffers their first conference loss. The Bees lost a heartbreaker 34-28 against Olivet Nazarene at home, a.k.a. Brady Street Stadium, and this was a game that was very interesting. The Bees really never even came out hot. They were kind of lucky to even stay in the game at all with Olivet with the different tempos that the two teams were playing at. But what really irked me is late in the game, with only a few minutes left, the Bees found themselves down two scores. Really, none of the players, none of the coaching staff, went with a hurry-up offense. There were guys walking to the line of scrimmage, taking a long time to get the play calls in. It almost just seemed like, in those last couple minutes, the Bees were almost handing the win to Olivet Nazarene. The Bees had scored a touchdown, but it was only with 26 seconds left, and then they couldn't get the onside kick, so they really almost never even gave themselves a chance to get the ball back and tie this game up. It was just really disappointing. Coming up for this Bees football team, they will take on St. Francis of Illinois at Joliet Memorial Stadium tomorrow, October 22nd. That game starts at 1 p.m., and I will be in Joliet on the call with David Meyer. It should be a good game. Um, St. Francis, 3-0 in the conference. St. Ambrose, 2-1. But this is a team that if St. Ambrose can come out with some fire, unlike last week, they definitely have a chance of being able to come out with the win. Now, making its debut on KALA this week is St. Ambrose Bowling, where both seasons for the men's and women's team have just gotten started recently. So, let's take a look. The men's team has competed in two different competitions. First, the men's team competed on Sunday, October 2nd at the Midwest Collegiate Classic in Wisconsin where they placed 10th out of 49. And then this past Sunday, October 16th, the Bees competed in the Mid-States Open in Wichita, Kansas where they took 2nd out of 31 teams. As a team, St. Ambrose bowled a 10,681 for the total score. So an absolutely good Great job there by the Bees to, you know, have a very nice score and come in second. The best beatable was Zach Green, who came in 18th place, and he had an average of 218 for his score in the tournament. So just an absolutely great job out of him and a great job to propel the Bees into that second place position. For a woman's bowling, the team has also competed in the Midwest Collegiate Classic and the Mid-States Open. For the women's team, both teams have placed second both times. In the Mid-States Open, the Bees bowled a total score of 9,060. The best bowler for the Bees on the women's team in the Mid-States Open was Aaron Williams, who had an average score of 186.33 pins. So, like Zach Graham, a great job by Williams to propel her team into second place. Coming up for the Bowling's teams, they will compete in the Five Seasons Open on Saturday, October 29th, and Sunday, October 30th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'll have more after those wrapped up on the results of that. 
That's going to do it for this week's sports segment on KALA This Week. I'm Ryan Schistel. Please don't forget to tune in to KALA HD2 106.1, where David Meyer and I will be live on the call for St. Ambrose football from Joliet, Illinois, against St. Francis. But for now, have a great rest of your Friday, and go Bees! Hey guys, this is Abby, and this past Tuesday, I just saw the movie Smile with my roommate. Hey guys, this is Heather. And we, there was a lot of different mixed reviews, and I I know a lot of people that were talking about this a ton, and me personally, I was really excited to see this because I am a big fan of scary movies, and there's been like a lot of critics out there, and especially on social media, that are calling this like the scariest movie ever, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm the judge of this because I... Like I said before, I'm in love with scary movies, and they're my favorite type. So this movie just recently came out on September 30th, 2022, so pretty recent. Um, and the main characters include Sosie Bacon, and she was in 13 Reasons Why, and Kyle Gallner, and he was on Nightmare on Elm Street. So pretty, they're not very popular actors or and actresses, but they're definitely on this movie. They... They did really well, and but I personally haven't seen them on anything else. But yeah, we saw this on Tuesday, and also just a quick reminder, it is it was Discount Tuesday at Sinmark in Davenport, so if you're looking to see a movie, especially as a broke college student, it's a really great idea because tickets were only $6 a person, so it was definitely a good move on us. And it's also, this movie definitely reminded me of Truth or Dare that came out in 2018, and it's kind of like with the smile part of it. So I really like Truth or Dare, so I knew that I would probably like Smile. And from MovieWeb.com, they said that Smile follows Rose, and that's played by Sosie Bacon, a doctor who witnesses the brutal suicide of a patient, Caitlin Stacy. Rose begins to notice a strange and horrifying pattern in occurrences, as well as a mysterious smile on the face of those around her. So that kind of leaves a lot of room for discussion, and it's very it's a very questionable description. But during the movie, it was very... It's not like it wasn't... I mean, I guess it was predictable in some ways, but then some ways it definitely, it took turns that I wasn't expecting. Okay, so Heather, was this one of the scariest movies you've seen in your opinion? Well, I haven't seen a lot of scary movies in my lifetime because unlike you, they are not my favorite type of genre, but I definitely could say that I was scared the majority of the movie. So I would definitely put it up there with one of the most scariest I've seen. Yeah, and I... I don't know. I mean, during the movie, there was some parts where I was just like, I mean, there was jump scares Mm -hmm. and there was some parts where I like, I definitely did get like a little bit scared, but that was, I don't think it was like the scariness of the movie. I think it was just the jump scare that kind of got me a little bit. Right. Um, But yeah, I would say that in some parts of the movie, it was, it was definitely a little scary for me too. From this is coming from a person who loves scary movies. <laughs> um, okay, so also, what would you rate the movie one out of ten? So one being a low rating and ten being, um, you know, most scary. Um, I would probably put it at a six or seven, mm-hmm. just because, uh, like you said, those jump scares really got me on edge, and I was um, hiding in my coat most of the movie. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I personally, I would rate it. I don't know. I don't want to say a low rating, but I would have to go with four. (laughs) Um, And I would have to say four because I wasn't really scared throughout the movie. And I would definitely say that Truth or Dare from 2018 scared me 
a lot more than Smile did. And yes, like I said before, the jump scares, that definitely that definitely scared me in some parts, but I would probably give it a four. And also I didn't, it did get slow in some parts. So that was kind of, that was kind of like a, a major like ick for me, I guess. Right. But um, I mean, it was, it did have a good storyline, but in terms of scariness, I would probably do like a three or four. Um, would you say that you were constantly on the edge of, the, of your seat? I know you mentioned you were hiding in your coat and I definitely <laughs> looked over and saw that you were really scared. <laughs> um, yes. Like you said, there were some slow parts, like especially in the beginning of the movie. But um, once we got more into the plot, and there were more people like getting affected by this um, this smile. Um, I would say I was definitely on the edge of my seat most of the time. Yeah, I would say just from the beginning too. I would say that I was definitely on the edge of my seat. I mean, yeah, like I said, there was some slow parts in there, but just looking around at the audience too, like the people to our right, they were. I could tell that they were jumping at lot a lot of those different jump scares that were in there. So I would say just looking around too, a lot of people were on the edge of their seat. And especially where at some parts of the movie, it took some like unexpected turns. Mm -hmm. I was definitely like, there's a lot of questions going through my mind during that. For sure. Um, did you like the ending without any spoilers? <laughs> um, I don't think I liked the ending only because it was pretty ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And um, like one of the characters was kind of faced with a decision and I don't think that I agreed with the decision that they made. Right. I definitely agree with that. Like I thought it was going to end with something completely different right. and I wouldn't say without giving any spoilers away, I wouldn't say that the ending was necessarily definitely wasn't happy, Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like at the same time it leaves room for a second movie mm -hmm. just based on the way things ended. So, um, that's why I would definitely recommend seeing this movie too. Cause then that kind of, you know, you're questioning, okay, is there going to be a second one? Is this the end? And then would you, do you think based on when we saw this on Tuesday, would you recommend this movie to someone who wants to see it? Cause I know it's kind of like the hype right now. Um, yes, I would definitely recommend this movie. Um, because it still had a very good plot and it kept me hooked most of the movie. So I think it was a good experience. Yeah, I would say I would recommend this movie to someone too, because I, like I said many times, I'm a huge scary movie fan, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't recommend it to someone, even though it didn't scare me. I know that it would scare someone who hasn't seen a lot of scary movies yeah. and I know it definitely scared you, <laughs> which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, I would recommend this movie to someone. It wasn't the best in my opinion, but it would probably definitely scare someone who hasn't seen a lot of scary movies yeah. but that's about it guys so i would say you know if you can i mean definitely try to go this weekend but also like i said before discount tuesday is on tuesday <laughs> and it was six dollars per person so it was really great and we got to reserve our seats and everything so i would say overall it was a good experience and i afterwards i would definitely say that that smile that was throughout the movie definitely affected us <laughs> in similar ways we were kind of just a little bit petrified just seeing those smiles on camera so um i would definitely recommend it it's a great experience and yeah so i will be talking about probably another movie next week thank you guys hi guys this is mckenna verdon on kala this week i'm here for, with veronica from her campus hi hi what is Her Campus exactly? So Her Campus is mainly an online platform as like an online women magazine. 
but also there are 700 plus chapters across the country and in other countries. It was started by three women um, from Harvard who had noticed that there was a empty gap in the like women's social media online or that it was mainly written by men. So they wanted to fill that gap by creating this opportunity for women. Um, it is mainly meant for college and high school writers so that they can have the opportunity to express what's going on in their community, um, around their area with current events, or what they're passionate about. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Now, what kind of articles do you guys publish? I know it's like the monthly article you guys do. Like, What, what themes are there? Um, so writers can write anything from like their favorite playlists to things that are more in-depth. So like around Halloween, we'll do a Halloween article. Um, Thanksgiving, we'll do a themed one. Christmas will be something about the holidays, um, whatever holidays you celebrate. In March, we'll ask if you want to write about a woman or someone who's empowered you. Um, they can be simple things. It's kind of what's going on on campus. You can do featuring of other clubs. You could feature certain people. Whatever you kind of your heart desires, we let happen. Nice. Now, is there anything else that you guys do besides articles? Like, do you do any events or projects throughout campus? Um, so we do do some um, events. We do some service projects. We'll help out where needed. We'll kind of just do whatever our members are kind of feeling like. Yeah, definitely. I hear that on, on October 23rd, you guys have a spooky celebration. What is that? Um, so basically, it is a late night um, at SAU event. Um, the entire campus can come out. You can just have fun and watch a movie and relax. Or you can participate in some games, trivia, bozo buckets, darts. We also will have like a little temporary tattoo station. We'll have a cupcake walk We'll have where you can sit and have some punch. You can kind of just do whatever you want. Yeah, definitely. What kind of games will there be? Um, so we have some board games and card games. Nice. And then nice. some Halloween-themed yeah. ones. And that is 9 to 11 on October 23rd, this Sunday, actually? Yep. Cool. Nice. Now, you guys going on a New York trip. What is that? Um, so the New York trip is the Her Campus, Her Conference. Um, it is a conference. It's one day long, but we want to go out a little bit before and after so we can just kind of see New York and have fun. But the conference itself is mainly set up for um, us to network, but also attend seminars. Um, the seminars are led by women who are CEOs or higher up in their companies that they've created or that they have helped like rebrand to whatever they need um, from where they were. It's kind of a chance for us to learn more through like social media team. They can learn more social media techniques. Um, writers can write more like kind of instinct articles or how to get more views on them. It's also just a way for us to learn more about what we want to do in our majors. There'll be people from all majors for you to... That is actually really amazing, experiencing, experiencing all these stories from different women and trying to write about them. That's really cool. Are there any other events going on throughout this semester or next semester for her campus? So usually um, around finals time, we'll do like a little coffee and gift break. We'll go to a coffee shop, have some coffee, um, just kind of relax with our friends, and we'll do like a white elephant. Um, in the spring, we do a few events during Women's History Month. We tend to be a lot more active because that is our month. Um, so we typically do um, help with the DEI, um, do a display. It's one of the traveling ones that so will move around campus. Um, we'll feature women on campus, just net, no, national, regional, local. Um, we also do a speaker panel. Um, last year, we had Judy Correa Kaiser, Lisa Powell, and Dr. Amy Novak come and speak, just kind of about their experiences from where they started to how they got there to inspire us. This year, um, we are planning on doing that again. We are adding in a theme so the people know where the talks are going to go. It's basically going to be empowering women. So, 
Yeah, that's very, very awesome. Thank you very much. This is McKenna Verdon on KALA This Week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the sixth installment of KALA This Week. All content was written and recorded by Anna Vary and McKenna Verdon, Sierra Mari, Ryan Schistel, and Bailey Winfrey. Huge thank you to executive producer David Baker. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next Friday at 4 p.m.